Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Living Well While Living Online, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. I'm your host, Tammy Riley, the Director of Fitness and Wellbeing at Quinnipiac University. I'm very excited to have this conversation this week with junior Corey Windham. And Corey and I are going to have some discussion around routine, practices, what keeps us grounded, how to navigate our lives in these trying times. And I love that Corey shares his reintroduction to cooking and baking as a form of self-care and a way not only to take care of himself during this time, but also to help care for his family that he ended up being in quarantine with. So please stay tuned for this episode and the amazing wisdom of Corey Windham. Welcome back, friends, to this week's episode of Living Well While Living Online. I'm your host, Tammy Riley, and I'm having conversation today with one of my favorite students from Quinnipiac University, Corey Windham. I met Corey last year. Um, this year, he is a junior, but he's a graphic and interactive design major, and I had the opportunity to meet him right before um, he was heading off to Ireland, and he was doing a program studying abroad there in Cork, and then I was lucky enough to travel to Cork and spend the weekend with he and his peers as we did a wellness weekend. And Corey was pretty much a staple at all of our workshops. So I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on him. And uh, <laughs> and I'm so excited. Corey, thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, yeah. It's so nice it's a- with those comments about me. It's so nice. <laughs> yeah, you are. Like, so our uh, the little background was I did a pre-workshop in the fall before we were leaving for Ireland. And it was on, I was looking at the wellness wheel and the eight dimensions of wellness. And I had three people come. One was an instructor who works for me, who knew me. One was my friend Ariana, who I had already traveled with to Guatemala. And Ariana brought you. So you were my three students, but I instantly fell in love with just your outlook and how easy you were to talk to. And yeah, you're just so chill and your cool demeanor. I was like, I just need more Corey in my life. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) I try to be chill and cool sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And particularly, and we're absolutely going to talk about wellness, but one thing that is just stuck with me is that we had a conversation about family dinners And I just loved your view on family and how important it was. And to me, that's always been a family dinner has just been something that's been so impactful and important, something I've tried to do with my own children. And even my daughter, who I was fortunate enough to have go to Quinnipiac, she would bring her friends over. We would do family dinner. And we talked about that. And I love how important that was for you enough to share with us that day. So maybe you can expand a little on family dinner for our our listeners. Yeah, definitely. I think the idea of having a family dinner, of sitting down together, it doesn't have to be your like actual by blood family, but just sitting together, um, just cooking meals is very, cooking for me is very therapeutic. And then cooking for other people, I think is also therapeutic and shows how much you care about people. And just getting that time to sit together to talk about your day. Um, It's something that for a lot of people I think is rare. And a lot of people don't have that time to talk with their family, tell them what's going on. But just being able to sit with a group of people you care about and indulge on something um, is something that I think is great. It's something I look forward to doing when I'm cooking for friends um, or just with my own family. Like it's a real staple in my household. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So it is something that you and your family do often. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Is it just your immediate family or is it, do you have like a lot of extended family near you? Well, with in my area, I'm in, from Long Island. And so it's typically just my, um, like me, my mom, my sister um, eating. But when I go to visit my grandma and something, she always cooks for us. And um, we always sit together to talk and everything like that. So um, it depends on who I'm with, but it is important. It's something that I've grown up doing. Right. And when we were chatting, it was something we were talking about um, things that maybe we could bring with us to Ireland because it's a transition for anyone when you're living in another country and you mm-hmm. look for these small comforts or things that kind of ground you. And and you had brought that up and, and you do have kitchens over there. So when you were over in Ireland, sort of all living together, were you able to do some family dinners with your with your crew? Yes, I was um, with my friends. Who, I was able to do some family dinners with um, my friends who I knew coming to Ireland and then also my roommates. Um, one of my roommates specifically, we got really close while we were in Ireland. Um, and even we didn't eat the same food, but he would cook his meal. I would cook my meal. And then we would just sit down, talk, maybe watch some TV, but just talk and laugh. And it was just something I looked forward to um, like every week doing. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and to me, like I always say, food is love. So when you're mm-hmm. sharing that, you know, it's it's definitely really important time together. So let's backtrack for just a second. I got really excited mm-hmm. and jumped in. And I know I said you were now a junior at Quinnipiac, but do you want to yeah. share anything else about your background? I know, okay, so you're from Long Island. Anything else mm-hmm. about you that you want to share with our listeners before we shift the conversation into, you know, your day-to-day life? Oh, yeah, definitely. So like I said, I'm from Long Island. Um, I came to Quinnipiac not knowing anything about the school exactly, but I just know know I wanted to do something different. Um, And so currently at Quinnipiac, I'm involved with a a lot of organizations. Um, I'm a part of AIGA, which is American Institute for Graphic Arts. Um, I'm a part of the National Association for Black Journalists. Um, And I'm also part of something else that I'm completely forgetting about because my brain is like... (laughs) working a lot um, nowadays. But um, I just started a position working with integrated marketing and communications um, as the assistant graphic designer. So currently I have a lot on my plate, um, but doing a lot of different things like helps me and keeps me going. Um, That's a big part of my routine. So I love it. But um, yeah, that's just a bit about me. So I love that idea. Like doing for you, doing more is more beneficial for you, you think? Yes, yes, I know it is. I'm like positive. If I have a day where I'm not doing anything, I just feel so lost and like I feel like I need to be doing something, which I don't, it could be a positive or a negative, mm-hmm. but I just feel like always having something to do keeps me grounded in a way or is one thing that keeps me grounded. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I And I, I love your acknowledgement that it could go either way because sometimes that busyness we fill and it's empty and we're doing mm-hmm. it just to do it. But when you're doing things that are important to you and that you're enjoying and loving, it is. It's that next thing we look forward to and it helps um, because, again, routine. Routine is really, mm-hmm. really important for us. So I certainly know where you were in, in March when the world sort of shifted and changed. But if you could maybe just talk about what was happening for you in March and, and just life at that time, which, so for you as a student, March was different than what the fall had looked like. Cause in the fall you were on campus, you were a regular college kid, but in March, I know that you were in Cork studying abroad. So what was life like there? Um, how are you spending your days and your time and what, just what was happening before you, I know, we know that you had to come home. 
Yeah, so March and just my whole time in Cork was amazing. Um, around that time, I had started, I got accustomed to like my day-to-day routine. Um, I would go to my classes and I didn't have a bunch of schoolwork while I was in Cork because most of my classes were graded at the end through like a final or something like that. Um, so what I would usually do is I would go to class, I would make three meals a day, I would go into the city center to like get groceries and stuff like that, get coffee if I wanted. Um, so it was a very chill way of life when I was in um, Cork. Um, but then, as you know, unfortunately, that all kind of switched when we were told that we had to come back um, because of everything that was going on. But um, I think I had really found like myself in a way that I was comfortable, like a routine that I was comfortable with. And um, I was kind of adulting for the first time in a while, um, like just having to buy my groceries, buy everything I needed. Um, but it was a great experience and it was a great time. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So you were adulting over there because, you know, it is different. It's, it's, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to say there's not conveniences. There certainly are, but you don't have a car over there. You know, you mm-hmm. were exploring new places and, you know, I just know from my little time there, there was so much you could walk to. So what, yes. what did you in, particularly enjoy about the area and the surroundings that you were at? What was, you know, so impactful for you? I mean, just like you just said, like just being able to walk, like in my, I live in the suburbs, but it's, um, I'm close to the city. Um, so I drive everywhere. I don't really walk when I'm at home, but just being able to walk literally everywhere is something that I found so peaceful. And a lot of times when I was with my friends, I would still leave time for me to go on my daily walk, to get away, to like breathe, to like process everything that's happening, that I'm in a new country that I'm experiencing so many things that I didn't think I would be able to experience. It was just great. And I don't even have words to like describe it, you know? I know. I agree. I think um, for me too, I find that when I travel, I often lack the words to describe how those opportunities feel because Mm -hmm. same, I mean, I live here. A lot of us live here. We just, it's easier to get in a car. If I was going to walk into town, I could, but it would take a really long time. And Mm -hmm. where you were staying, where Cork University is centered, like, oh my gosh, it's incredible to have so much at your fingertips, so much history, so much beauty. And I love how intentional you were with your walking and processing and, um, you know, just kind of drinking all that up. So amazing for you to be able to do that. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so we shared a weekend and we did a lot of different wellness activities and Corey was pretty much a staple at all of them. And, uh, we had a family dinner, which is really fun. Yes, we did. It was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It was super fun. Okay. So then, you know, what a disappointment. How do you, how do you rally from that? You're in this epic moment, you're adulting, you're thriving, you're in this new place. You're like, this is me for the semester. And then all of a sudden, you know, life gets pulled out from under you and you have to go home. And, you know, not that home is bad, but I mean, how are you feeling? What was happening? Describe to us, you know, what was going on in your life then? Yeah, definitely. So like you said, it was a complete opposite in how I was feeling coming home, like going from being on my own to having to go back to with all my family in this, under the same roof. Mm. Um, it was very shocking. And I don't think I understood how much it would hit me until after a couple weeks in into quarantine, quote unquote. But I'm not gonna lie, it was it was a lot. It wasn't the best. Um, I'm a very oh my god, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Like I like to do things by myself, 
independent. That's the easy word I'm looking for. Okay. Um, I'm very independent. And so coming back home and then I love my parents, love my family, but um, having them do stuff for me, it kind of made me feel like I was back in like my childhood, which is something that I strive to get away from because I wanted to be my own person. I wanted to do my own things. Um, so I kind of struggled going into that and quarantine, especially coming from the greatest months of my life. Um, so I just had to find a way to like understand what was happening and like realize that it was really hitting me hard, which like you don't really think about all the time when you're going through something. But afterwards, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like a lot for me. So I just had to understand that and recognize that, you know. And so you said that took a couple weeks for that realization to sort of hit you. And then, so then what did you do with it? Like, how did you manage, right? Because clearly none of us were like, oh, I'm just going to go get an apartment by myself or I'm just going to go back to school. You know, you're still in that environment and we still had, you still had to be a a son and a a brother and let people share in your life at that point. We couldn't change. So how were you able to manage to keep, to keep Corey happy and, and, and grounded in this new routine Mm -hmm. now? I think um, it took me a second to get to that point, but I think I just had to utilize what I had around me to find like not only happiness, but a sense of like routine, like I was saying earlier. Um, Really, I found happiness in cooking and baking. It was, that was like my big thing I did during quarantine. I just started, I started watching the Great British Baking Show. I don't know if you know that show. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> so I started like looking at different recipes and I was like, maybe I could try to do something productive and like bake or something. And then the first thing I baked was like, what was it? There was something simple like coffee cake. And then I was like, I kind of, actually, no, I lied. It was not coffee cake. It was scones because one day I was <laughs> missing pork. I was oh. missing pork and I was like, I need to know how to make scones. Okay. So I ate scones and then... After that, I was like, this is like pretty cool. Maybe I should continue it. And I baked a lot through quarantine. And that like really made me feel like I was doing something, you know, with my time. That's awesome. And so how did your family feel? I feel like it could go two ways. Like A, I would love if my son was home cooking and like, here, mom, I baked these for you. But at the same token, I'd be like, oh my God, you're baking again. Now I've got to eat that <laughs> stuff I don't want to eat. You know, you try so hard and people had the COVID-15 and, you know, those things are real. How did your family um, like you taking over the kitchen? I mean, they loved it. Like not only did I, like there was a different thing each week for them to try which they loved but I also did I didn't mention before I also cooked like my family's meals while I was doing quarantine because my dad was working um my mom wasn't able to cook all the time so I was doing like both but like doing that really kept me grounded but they loved it like they loved trying new things they're also like my critics as well so if something wasn't right they would be like um maybe you could add this or something else but they were always nice about it but um yeah they loved it I love that I love that that they were they were your guinea pigs and willing to try anything (laughs) 
And it is like, what a, what a way, I mean, I know that, you know, we always seek the thing that's going to make us feel better and and we need to do that. And that's what this whole podcast is about, right? Being intentional about how you need to take care of yourself. But in that aspect, what you did was also such a beautiful gift of care for others, you know? Mm -hmm. So it really was twofold in what you were doing. You were helping yourself, but also nurturing and showing love for your family. So that's that's special. Yeah. Okay. And so I guess for you, like real world, take apart what's happening and how our Mm -hmm. lives are all a little bit crazy. What are some of the things that you know that you need to do or the things that you do do to take care of you, to make Corey happy? I know cooking and family dinner we've already talked about, but you have other things in your life for sure. And so what does self-care mean for you in in a a regular time? Mm -hmm. I think self-care for me just means taking time for myself to maybe not only get away from people, but just to do what I like. Um, you know, I find myself, I, I think I'm a pretty social guy and I like making people happy. I like doing things with other people. But a lot of times I forget that like, hey, you need some time to chill. You need some time, uh, some time to walk. You need some time to just literally do nothing. And so I think over... Yeah, over quarantine, I've been able to tell myself that I need that time and really show it. Like I was talking to my roommate the other day and he was like, you're so good when like you're ready to go or you need time for yourself. You're so good at saying it um, and understanding when you need that time. So I think just doing what I love and decompressing is something that is really important in um, my self-care. I love that. And I love um, how nice that you get to share that with your roommate, meaning um, that that he recognizes that you do take that step back. And a lot of us are not good at that. And we have to work really hard for many years Mm -hmm. to be able to take that step back. And and I'm also going to say just, you know, you're young and you have it Mm -hmm. going well now, but there might be a time in your life where you're like, shoot, I know what's missing. I'm not taking a step back. So yeah. yeah, that definitely ebbs and flows, but how nice. And maybe you're helping your roommate at the same time realize that space and the decompression is really important. And I think all of us do that differently, you know, and and many, I think many of us, I'm going to say college students, but many of us default to like scrolling on our phones and, you know, or, or you know, I'm going to say going down the rabbit hole with our time, but I love, um, you know, the walking, you know, how that's really intentional and purposeful. And um, so how does the walk feel? I mean, now you're in Hamden, Connecticut walking. So, you know, do you have a a special place that you go to or something that you like or things that you notice? There's not any place specific, just like getting, I consider walking, just getting out of my room, walking anywhere. It could be across campus. It could be like right outside my room exploring like the buildings or something but it's just like getting out and just not sitting and not being inside just <laughs> anywhere but um I'm up on York Hill um at Quinnipiac so it's a great campus there's so many good views and there's like so many places to just like sit and just stare out into the distance um so I consider all of that all of that encompasses my quote-unquote walk or yeah. just time to get away but yeah and getting to be curious. You're, you you seem like a very curious person looking around in yeah. a good way, you know, like just yeah. exploring kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's super cool. Um, so 
for a lot of our programs and a lot of what we're doing, and I know a lot of students, the world has shifted online, right? So it depends on who you are and what you do in the world, you know, how much online time you have. But, you know, I know at Quinnipiac, we've gone, well, first of all, in March, you were at Cork and you clearly weren't doing in-person classes. So mm-hmm. you were finishing things up all online. And now that we're back on campus, we are using the hybrid system. So do you feel like you're spending a lot more time on the computer and and online that you did before? And how is is that having an impact on you at all? Have you noticed anything? Like what, what can you just tell us about that part? Well, yeah. So I'm definitely spending a lot more time on my computer not so much because I am a design major, so all of my work is on the computer. Um, oh. But for me specifically, I have, this is very out there, I've loved <laughs> online classes because it just Wait. gives me, a ch- yes, I have. It's really surprising. My friends are like, are you okay? I'm like, no, like, I've actually enjoyed like just doing everything from my laptop because I don't stay in my room to do online classes. I always go somewhere. So if I always get that chance to like leave like my room, like I'm, my room is for sleeping and for relaxing, but I find a study room and I do my work in there. And it's just, it's easy to like get onto your classes. Um, I haven't had a, been having a bad time with it. I don't know what it is, but I've just loved like being able to like keep a tight schedule, know what my classes are um, and just work from home. It's so weird. And I, I can't really explain why it's, been so good for me but maybe it has to do with your independence and right you know leaving your room you have the schedule and you can you're in an online class but I think it is it requires more independence of a person to show up online and show up fully present and learn that way you know for many of us we're not good at that um, mm-hmm. so, but how great for you that it is something that's working for you because mm-hmm. why would you need to struggle if you don't have to, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you have to be like, oh man, I'm so- really sorry. I kind of like it. I think mm-hmm. that that's a bonus <laughs> for you. Like good. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel that way about some things, you know, mm-hmm. rushing, you know, for me, like rushing to a campus for a meeting when it's just as easy to have my coffee in my mug and, you know, I don't have my shoes on, I'm ready for the day, but here I am and I didn't have to rush anywhere to get to a meeting. So those are definitely things that I appreciate too. But um, yeah, for so for me, I notice like my energy is different. Like when I spend a lot of time online and on the computer and I'm focused, I feel more drained, right? And it's, it's more than just like tiredness. It's like how my eyes feel, um, maybe my mind, like you said, there's a lot, you have a lot going on. You couldn't remember your, your last club. I feel a little more scattered that way. Do you notice anything of that nature happening for you or you're pretty like, you're just rocking it. Like this is just your thing. Hmm, I don't know. I think that's personally, I haven't noticed that much of it. Then again, it may be just because I usually am scattered a lot, but I just know how to <laughs> deal with it, you know? Um, so specifically anything new, I haven't really noticed. Um, I do find that I do have to like get up to do things more because I put so much energy and not so much energy, but I have so much time being on my computer sitting down. Mm -hmm. I do find myself getting up wanting to go have more breaks and do things more, be active a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I found that interesting and that's new for me. Okay. Yeah. So breaking it up because I mean, same for me, I'm definitely sitting more and more sedentary and your body is craving that movement to sort of offset 
um, the shift. So for your art, can you describe, I guess, to me what you, because mo- a lot of your art is on the computer, mm-hmm. but do you have like other art that you do, I would say, I don't know what the difference is, like more on paper or more in some other medium, like explain to us what your, what your art is, your craft. Yeah. So like I said, a lot of my stuff is digital, um, but I've tried to try a lot of different new mediums. I know in high school, I did photography a lot. Um, I've tried to get back into that a bit, um, but not as much as I would want. Um, but I've started doing, oh my goodness, what is it called? Embroidery. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, I started okay. doing that over quarantine. Oh, so I did do something else other than baking and cooking. I started embroidering. Okay. Um, that was so really do you buy fun. like a kit or do you follow? Because I know some of them are like, you can draw it and then do it. But yeah. other things well, are like, you purchase a kit or a, or a plan. Yeah. I usually just draw, draw it and then um, <gasps> stitch it. Or if oh. I like find a design I like, I'll do that. Um, but in terms of like drawing and painting, that has never really been my thing. Uh-huh. Um, I've really loved doing things digitally, um, but it just varies. Like I'm really, I'm the type of person who likes to try different things. Um, and so I don't have one set artistic outlet that I like, like more than other. Um, yeah, it's just, I like to try everything, you know? Yeah. But I love that you chose or it called to you or however it was embroidery, which is very hands-on and it is very particular. Um, mm-hmm. That's an interesting choice for a young person, <laughs> right? Because we don't, we don't see a lot of younger people doing embroidery. Like I can picture, you know, like, you know, years ago, my mother used to, my grandmother used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think it's an older craft. So I love, um, I think you're an old soul, Corey. <laughs> I think I am too. It's like embroidery is right up there with like knitting and stuff like that. It's very, it's very typically for older people, but I was like, you know what? I'll try it. And okay. I do like it. So yeah. Okay. And so again, <laughs> you're drawing and then you're embroidering. Yeah. I used to, I actually, believe it or not, used to embroider as well. I spent a lot of time with my grandmother and my aunt Mary and my, my aunt Mary, I don't know if I can, I think I've probably talked about her with you when we talked about family dinners, because she's my one person. Like she had the tiniest house and the tiniest table, but she could have 50 people at the table. She would have planned on five and 50 would show up and somehow we all fit and there was food. It was like, you know, yeah. multiplying the loaves, right? And there was more than enough food as well. Always, always. But yeah. she, and yes, and she was the craftiest, handiest person. So she was always embroidering. She would make I don't know, you name it and she made it. So one time, you know, she would teach me how to crochet and we were making mice and they were ornaments or, but I definitely remember um, doing, using embroidery thread and embroidering things with her and learning that craft when I was young, um, which is really underappreciated, I think, for for many of us when we're that age. We're so, um, I guess our interests lie in just other places, but that's that's a pretty cool, pretty cool skill to have bring to the table, a little embroidery. Yeah. I'm kind of creative, I think. So that's a cool thing to add to my yeah. <laughs> creative portfolio. Yeah. Yeah, you could start like an embroidery club on campus, and uh, maybe. Yeah, who knows? I I feel like there was knitting that came back, but um. There was a knitting club. I don't know what happened to it though. Yeah, it ebbs we may and have flows. to bring that back. Yeah. I mean, who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> so when when you were having your 
I guess you came back and this shift is your home and, you know, life is changing and you're feeling a little um, disrupted and out of sorts and it took you a little bit to kind of get back into the swing of things. Who Who's your support through that? Do you have someone that you go to? Like how even in that moment and I guess just in general in life, like who who's who's the person or people that you count on? Well, my it's split between two people. My sister, for one, I'm really close with my sister. Um, and we were home together. So just getting to talk to her was really good. Even if she would annoy me sometimes, like brothers and sisters annoy each other. Yeah. Um, but I think my main support is my grandma. Oh. I can. She's one of the, I think, one of the few people who I can talk to about literally anything. And she would not judge me. She would just listen and she would give like, such great advice. I'm so close with my grandmother. I call her at least three times a week. So just getting able to talk to her. And I didn't get to see her through most of quarantine because she was um, in North Carolina. Um, but I called her all the time. Just getting to talk to her about how I was feeling really helped me get through everything. You know, I love that. I love that oh, it's your grandma. <laughs> everything that I love about you. I, that's so special, you know. Um, yeah. You know, because I know for me, I mean, my grandmother's passed, but you know, my who who's your go-to? You know, and you think of friends in your life, and we know, you know, we you're a social person, like we gather friends and they're your people. But God, how beautiful that it's your grandma that you call and um, that you value her opinion, even though there's you know a, a clear age difference, and mm-hmm. we don't always think that you know, our grandparents or even our parents can relate to what's happening. Like we know that they have advice, but I think we don't always believe that they have the advice we need. So I love that, you know, in your early twenties, it's grandma who who really speaks to you. That's so beautiful. I hope I'm sure she loves the relationship she has with you. Yeah, she does. I'm so, <laughs> she really does. I'm so like grateful to be able to have that person. Cause I know a lot of my friends don't have their grandparents yeah. and my friends who do have grandparents, a lot of them, they're not able to speak to um, because of the age difference or if, some of their grandparents don't speak English, the same language as they do. So just having that person to talk to is I'm so lucky. And, and you know, someone to relate to that's not in your immediate circle and your immediate age. Like I just, I think those relationships are just so special. And I love that she's such a big part of your life and your family. Your family's done a, a, a good job um, raising you to have these values and to value your family. So you, you oh, are thank really you. Oh, Corey, so you're making me cry in my episode. I love that. Like those things to me just are so touching. They're things that I value, you know, time with family, family dinner, grandparents. And I think, I guess I shouldn't stereotype at all, but I guess in my mind, those things are unusual, I think, to find in a younger person in college, mm-hmm. because I think your life is just in a different place. And so your framework is different and, and, you know, a lot of your life is what's immediately around you. And so I just love the thoughtfulness of your grandma in North Carolina being the go-to. Um, yeah. Has she been to Quinnipiac and seen campus and seen you here? She came when I was doing the initial campus tours right yeah. before I graduated high school. Um, that was the only time, but I've like FaceTime her. I'm gonna FaceTime her after this as well, just to like show her uh, your kill. Yeah. Bit, since she can't be here, but um, she loves hearing about it. 
I mean, of course, like in any time yes. that you're FaceTiming my, and you know, I think of my daughter and her and my son and their relationship with their grandparents and like calling and FaceTiming and giving a tour and having a, like, it's priceless and, and mm -hmm. so special. You're definitely making your grandma happy. I know that's so lovely. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. Uh, I guess the other thing I just sort of want to steer to before I ask like my final question is um, how do you show up for yourself? Like how do you, you know, what, what does that mean for you as a young college kid on campus? Like what does it mean to, to show up for yourself all the time? Because I think we're good at showing up for our friends and, you know, our, our family, but what does it mean to, you know, show up for you? I've never thought about that question before until right now. But um, I think just showing up for myself is, like I was saying earlier, knowing when I need my own time for myself and then also getting what needs to be done done during the day. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's really easy during this time to like get lazy and not accomplish what you need to do in the day. But I think that just goes into just having my routine and my schedule and doing what needs to be done. That really helps me. And I guess that's me showing, um, showing up for myself I hope that makes sense. It's, yeah. I, it's, it's like a weird question because I've never thought about that, how I do show for myself. But I think that I think that's perfect. Good. I think you answered it perfectly. Um, what So what are some things in your, I guess, in your routine that are important that are there every day? Okay. So recently I started uh, going to the gym again. Okay. I, was doing, I, was, I was working out during quarantine, but then once I came back, because I'm also an orientation leader, um, once I came back and did orientation I wasn't really working out because I had a whole busy day of working with students mm -hmm. but um, I started now recently getting up at a certain time um, getting to the gym at a certain time doing my workout however long that may be um, and then just getting up getting breakfast um, getting my caffeine in whether that's tea or like um, coffee or something like that um, and doing my homework and just <laughs> I guess Doing everything that's in a normal routine, but at a specific time, I'm really into like things need to be done at a certain time. It's so weird, but um, just for me, that keeps me like stable, you know. Um, I love that. Thank you for that admission because I think that those little things are sometimes things we overlook. Like someone might have just heard you say, "Oh, I have breakfast. Oh, I do my coffee. I do." It. But you're saying like, no, it's specific because hitting these timelines are what helped me to be grounded in my routine. And I, I think we underestimate the power of making these appointments or doing something with such intentionality. So that's mm -hmm. important. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Any, any evening routines that you, that you have, anything you have to do before you go to bed or I'm just curious. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so of course, after I go to, before I go to bed, so I have me and my roommate specifically, um, we really do our own thing during the day. Like we may see each other. But um, typically, once we get back, it's usually late at like 10 or something. We always chat for a little bit about how our day went, um, anything that's funny or anything that's going on, because we have mutual friends as well. So if we've talked to like the same person, we talk about that. Um, but just so I guess talking to my roommate, then doing my skincare routine, washing my face, getting ready okay. to go to bed, um, going on my phone for a little bit, um, and then just turning off the lights and going to bed. That's really my night routine. Nothing yeah. too crazy. And you, and you sleep well, like 
having screen time before doesn't affect you. It's so interesting how, you know, some people struggle to fall asleep. Some people have fitful sleep. Some people, you know, but I, you know, being on the screen and and having that a little bit before I love, it doesn't impact you at all. You're just, you're just good to go. You shut it off. Same. I'm the same way. People in my household are jealous of that. So, you know, <laughs> do what you can because that's not so easy for everybody. And again, I love too that you have a, a skincare routine, like so lovely. I mean, it's important. So you, you have, have a lot of like, you can go. Yeah, a lot of these little ways that you are able to show yourself you care, which, you know, can be difficult, I think, just at times. But um, but I love that. So, so the one thing that I have asked every person and it's a little long-winded to get out but but again I I know enough about you I know you're a good friend I know some of your friends I know that you have a good network I know that if one of your friends came to you you could be honest with them and mm-hmm. and the language you would use and how you would help them in those moments right Corey oh my god I can't believe I did this this and this and you might say okay you know you're not going to sugarcoat it and be like oh don't worry it's not a big deal but you say all right here's here's how we're going to move through and and you know don't let this destroy you type of thing so i know that you have that capability and ability that's who you are as a friend so so if you are you good at being your own best friend and having that same language and self talk with yourself Oh, that's also. <laughs> I know, um, I know. It's like throwing you because you're like, wait, I'm my own friend. We don't always think yeah. of it that way. You know, if I'm being honest, no, not all the time. Mm-hmm. I really, I consider myself so, um, someone who's a good friend because I could talk to someone and tell them that like something's not that serious. But then when it comes to myself, I don't necessarily take my own advice. Yeah. So I think I have, if I'm being honest, struggled to be like my own best friend but I guess knowing that like I'm acknowledging it is good to like work on and like um I just have to start to take my own advice that's so in in a basic answer but like just have to take my own advice yeah I mean you're not the only one I mean it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. how old we are where we live you know we all have that same we're such an inner critic we're so Mm -hmm. harsh on ourselves and it's so, um, you know, elemental, the idea of trusting your gut, right? And mm-hmm. and listening to yourself. And those are things that we've he- heard throughout our life, but we're so bad at it. We're just so bad at it as humans. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so admitting that you need to take your own advice isn't a, isn't a bad thing. I, I bring it up because I think for me, it's taken me a while to realize how important it is to be your own friend. You know, and that is part of the work that I do in in self care, right? So it's part of self love and 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 being there for yourself, right? Because I know I'm a great friend. I love being a friend. Like I'm like you. I'm social and like I, mm-hmm. I your your whole way of life speaks to so many things that I I love. Um, but that's one thing that I know that w- most of us have to be better at. So it's been something I've really included in all of the conversations because it's interesting to see everyone's different point of view and if they've thought about it before and if they haven't thought about it. And, you know, if if you can admit to yourself, like, gosh, I need to be a little bit better to myself. I, I need to be a little better friend. Yeah, for sure. Yes, it's it's a, it's a journey um, <laughs> just having to, like, be there for yourself. But um I think recognizing it is so important and like just working on it. It's a ongoing process. I think just life is an ongoing process. Like that's so vague, but like just everything is 
always changing and like just recognizing when you need more time for yourself or when something is different in how your way of life like I don't know what I'm trying to say but it's just <laughs> encompasses all my feelings right now. No, I think it's spot on and true. Like I know for me, um, if I roll out my yoga mat and I'm sitting quiet before a yoga practice, or if I go out for a run and I have, those are the times that I am able to look more inside because otherwise my days are really busy, just like yours, right? We fill our days. We're like, okay. Um, so where, I think it's, where are you being intentional? Because we have to recognize and reflect, right? So like you are saying your walks and, um, you know, the, the moments where, you know, you have to step back and, and just be with yourself. Those are reflective opportunities where we can really say, what do I need to work on more? Because it is, there's always something we need to work on and give attention to. But if we're so busy all the time, which is why I love that you said sometimes that busyness can be a bad thing. If we're so busy filling our time, we're not seeing that we're not noticing. And every day is a practice. It's mm -hmm. never not going to be a practice forever. Yeah. Yeah. So you have lots of words of wisdom. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you. I try. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So then I guess moving forward, is there anything, you know, with our, with sort of our new way of life right now that you need to be better at that you want to, you know, put more energy or more time into more thought into, or do you feel like things are good? Like you just need to maintain and, you know, there's no harm in, in either way. It's just me being curious. Yeah, honestly, I think I'm doing good right now. It's, it's it's I think that's so rare, but like just maintaining where I'm at. I I think just coming back onto campus. Ever since I got back onto campus, like I told my friends, I've been such in a good mental space, like such a good space, and just maintaining that and like doing things for myself. Like I just need to continue doing that so I don't make a downfall. Which is okay if that happens, but just like yeah, maintaining. I love it. I love it. And and that's important too, right? Recognizing like things are good. Like I feel good. I, I need to try to maintain this. And you know, like that's the other realistic part. When we did our little wellness wheel and we talk about, you know, that you have these dimensions and something is always going to call out needing more work. Our circle rarely is perfect and we always need to put attention to different places. But if you can work on on the maintenance part, like you've, you've got a good thing going on, man. And, mm -hmm. and acknowledging that is good, right? It helps keep the the wheel in motion for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gosh, that's so awesome. Corey, I'm so excited that you're feeling good and you're in a good place. Cause I also think, you know, just looking in, in college life, junior year is a tough year. It's where it things is. really get real. Mm -hmm. Classes get harder. And, you know, we've already, you, you came home from Ireland. That was a little derailed. You spent the summer, you know, in lockdown and now we're in school and things are different. So I, I love and admire that you can be in this place. I think it's beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate your time and, and chatting with me and me saying, hey, Corey, I have this podcast. Do you want to be on? And you're like, <laughs> okay, sure. Um, <laughs> thanks for playing along. <laughs> of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's been yeah. great. You are such a, a good human and I really have enjoyed getting, getting to spend time with you. So, um, so I figured this was such, again, when I'm doing this and you're the host of the podcast, you could be really selfish. And so I've been able to schedule time with people that I want to have conversation. And I was, you know, I was like, I know I need another student and, and who do I want it to be? And when, um, when I saw, you know, Ariana and Ashley, I was, I think I was telling you like, I was like, oh my God, Corey, you know. <laughs> in my mind it's you know the three of you together because we kind of met under the same circumstances and it was like perfect he's exactly who I want to spend some time with this semester so 
it's been good seeing you virtually and um, maybe I will see you on campus. Yes, hopefully. I hope so. Well, Soon. especially, yeah, because <laughs> we live on York Hill, so I'll have to look for yes. you at the Rocky Top. So, um, all right. Well, thank you for your time, Corey. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed this, like, so much. You don't even know. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much, friends, for listening to this week's episode with Corey. You've been listening to Living Well While Living Online, which is a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. And a big thank you to the team that puts this together and works so hard. Executive producer David DeRoche, producer Michael Bachman, Heather Popovics, and our theme music is from Scott Holmes. So to learn more about our podcast, visit qu.edu slash podcast. You can listen to all of our podcasts on the platform or app of your choice. And you can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at QUPodcasts. Feel free to send us an email at QUPodcasts at QU.edu. Next week is our final episode of this season. I cannot believe that we've already been at it for so long. I think it's 16 episodes. Um, wow. And you're still here. So I hope you tune in for our, the final episode. I'm very excited to share the conversation. It's with my daughter, Savannah, and um, she's my person. She and I get each other. We're very similar. And she was my my go-to. She was my person here during COVID, for sure. She moved back home. It was just fitting to end this kind of the way it began, for me at least, with her. So thank you so much. Until we meet again, be intentional, breathe deep, and learn to be your own best friend.